for someone that doesn't know the brand, what's kind of your elevator pitch or how would you explain it sort of in short? Yeah, that's a great question because we get that a lot. So up until five years ago, the, the company's main focus was in on-the-go tech company, primarily focused on the RV and marine industries. That's where we kind of came on board uh, to try and develop that retail e-tail space that we all know and love and focus specifically on consumer electronics. You mentioned the the marine side and the the vehicle side is always fascinating. Now, do you get to dabble on, on that side as well? I know nothing about RVs. I could barely spell it. We kind of look at the products that are used in the RV and marine space and try to figure out how can we adapt those products and bring them across the line to the traditional retail e-tail space. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. Over the last two years or so, um, one of the, the spaces that has gotten a lot of attention um, and really benefited from the quarantine and stay-at-home orders has been the outdoor space. And we've seen that in the form of grills and outdoor furniture and all of the other uh, outdoor spaces that your outdoor segments and categories that we cover here at, uh, via product at Nationwide Marketing Group. And that includes consumer electronics in the outdoor entertainment space. And one of the brands that uh, has been a part of that, a big part of that, and experienced you know some of the the benefits and and of course the the supply and demand challenges that go along with that is Furion, uh, a CE brand that's been around just a handful of years. Um, I, you know the the brand itself has been around a little bit longer, dabbled in. Uh, you know, and still continues to dabble in RV space and and um, the marine life and marine uh, technology space. But they more recently have gotten into outdoor entertainment, and that includes things like outdoor TV um, and you know re- related categories there. So we took the chance, you know, as the the space continues to flourish, to talk with Aaron Mello, uh, who is senior key account manager over there at Furion, and dive into you know everything that they've experienced um, and talk to him about, you know, what, what they learned about uh, the outdoor space and what they're seeing from the consumer perspective. And um, a, a lot of talk about education around, you know, the differences between outdoor TVs and indoor TVs. So just fascinating, I think, um, to learn more about the space and how they're presenting themselves differently than a traditional, you know, TV maker, uh, if you will, from, you know, when it comes to their products and their outdoor TVs and uh, where they kind of fit in the market. So uh, really cool conversation. One we're looking forward to sharing, and uh, it sounds like we're we're gonna be looking forward to doing more down the road with as well. Uh, you know, as they uh, get a little uh, expand their portfolio, if you will, um, you know, in sort of what they're doing and what they're bringing to nationwide members. So a lot of fun, a lot of fun getting to learn about the brand, uh, more about Aaron and sort of what they bring to the table. So let's dive into it. This is Aaron Mello of Furion here on the Independent Thinking Podcast. All right, we're back on the Independent Thinking Podcast, and excited today. Uh, first time getting to chat with one of our vendor partners, Furion, um, who has been with Nationwide for a little bit, but my my first chance to get to to sit down and talk with uh, Mr. Aaron Mello, the Senior Key Account Manager for Furion. Aaron, appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you're actually closer to our headquarters than I am. Up, I'm in Philly. You're down there in Raleigh. Is that right? That is correct. That's yeah. correct. So Winston Salem and Nationwide Marketing Group, not too far away. The you know closer to to what's that Duke country out where you are? But I'll uh, be careful. My or wife UNC. For UNC. So, all there right. You sorry. Go. There you sorry. Go. Good point. Good point. But no, I appreciate you taking the time and, and calling in and, and chatting with us today. Yeah, for sure, man. So 
just to start, uh, tell us a little bit before we dive into the brand, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your background and, and how you got to Furion. Oh, sure. So I'm a longtime consumer electronics guy, you know, started as the retail salesperson on the floor back in probably 2006, you know, worked my way into an assistant buyer role, eventually became a buyer. And then from there, I jumped over to the dark side, uh, manufacturing, <laughs> and I've worked for the likes of uh, Sony Electronics, Monster, Beats by Dre, uh, Sennheiser, and Parrot, uh, which is actually where I uh, started the same day with who is now my boss over at Furion. I got to ask you a question because you said an, uh, a brand name in there. Uh, it feels like everyone in the CE space at some point has crossed paths at Monster. Is that, do you feel that same way too? Like everyone has some ties to Monster? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so I think Monster was absolutely a fantastic organization. I probably learned the most in my CE career over there. And uh, everybody knows the name in one way, shape or form. No, that's awesome. Well, I, now obviously today, uh, you know, tied into Nationwide Marketing Group as a vendor partner with Furion. Um, for someone that doesn't know the brand, I, obviously we were familiar with you, but anyone listening that might not be familiar with Furion, uh, what's kind of your elevator pitch on the brand or how would you explain it, um, you know, sort of in short? Yeah, that's a great question because we get that a lot. So people, you know, will introduce us. Here's Furion. It's, it's Furion <laughs> because they've never heard the name before, right? So up until five years ago, the, the company's main focus was an on-the-go tech company, lifestyle company uh, primarily focused on the RV and marine industries. Uh, so that's where we kind of came on board uh, five years ago to try and develop that retail e-tail space that we all know and love and focus specifically on consumer electronics. No, that's awesome. And I, obviously you mentioned the the marine side and the, the vehicle side is always fascinating. Now, do you get to dabble on, on that side as well? Well, that's good. kind of funny because I know nothing about RVs. I could barely spell it. Um, <laughs> that's my running joke. Um, but yeah, it, it absolutely is. And that's where we kind of look at the products that are used in the RV and marine space and try to figure out how can we adapt, modify, change, tweak those products and bring them across the line to the traditional retail e-tail space. So it's kind of, kind of fun, but uh, it's a huge learning curve at the same time. Well, it, it, actually, the kind of more I think about it as I'm sitting here, you know, the, the RV space is sort of a, a, a scaled down version of what we're doing at Nationwide and trying to, you know, find products uh, across the home and, and get them for our retailers to be able to sell. The RV is kind of all of that. And one, you've got, you know, I know you guys, there's appliances that you do for RV specifically. And I, I'm imagining bedding is what like, is, are there RV mattresses and things like that? Does it get that granular? So there's a, a couple different things. So if I take a look at just Furion, who's the, the company I'm associated with now, and then I can also look at our parent company. Uh, we were just acquired six months ago by Lippert. Uh, basically, between Lippert and Furion, there's probably 90% of an entire RV you can build with the products that we both have. Wow. So for Furion, we do all of the appliances, observation camera systems, entertainment systems, TV systems. Then you cross the line over to Lippert, then you've got, you know, vehicle leveling systems, furniture, mattresses, and exactly what you're talking about. Wow. That's great. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so yeah, that's kind of the fun place where we're at right now. We're only six months into this relationship with Lippert. And it's like, okay, well, what can we pull across the line? And some of that stuff is what we showed at the last primetime show. No, that, that, that's awesome. And I know a big, you know, the big focus has been with Nationwide, obviously the outdoor entertainment, right? That That's kind of the a category that's been, yeah. Uh, you know, it's been booming of sorts. Um, 
So talk about that side of the the business. I know you guys you guys got a lot going on, and, and what's sort of what's what's going on there right now for Furion? Yeah, well, if, I mean, if you look at the the overall numbers for outdoor products in general uh, over the past two years, they've been staggering, right? You know, you kind of think about it. the first few months of the pandemic, uh, you couldn't stay at a hotel even if you wanted to. Uh, so what did people do for recreation? So they invested in their backyards. They invested in recreational vehicles and boats. Well, we kind of play in every single one of those spaces. So as we all know, with the part shortages and supply chain challenges, there's no way to know how high was up. So for us, it's been a banner, you know, last 18 to 24 months in the space. You think back to those early months, like the the, the way it's gone, would you have pictured it like having gone how it has? It, I, I don't think anybody really could have. So I, I'm going to separate the consumer side, which is the outdoor TVs yeah. and the RV side. So the RV business exploded. Obviously, people were just like, you know, well, I can't go to a hotel. I want to take my vacations. I want to spend time with family and friends. So I'm going to buy an RV. And you couldn't get one. They sold out so quickly. And of course, everything being shut down, production lines and all that, they couldn't build them fast enough. And then on the flip side, you have the folks like myself who would just prefer to stay at home and redo my backyard. Well, outdoor TVs and outdoor entertainment products were explosive. And that's the exact same time that we had launched our outdoor TV line. I remember being in New Orleans at one of the trade shows uh, with my boss and our distributor. And that's when they basically shut everything down. And that's when we were trying to launch the brain and get everything off the ground. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. And, you know, thinking about the from a product standpoint, um, you know, as you're going through these two years, obviously, there's a lot of factors like supply chain and, and being able to get materials and things like that. But does does what you're seeing from like consumer demand and, and how consumer behaviors change, does that impact sort of the product roadmap at all for you guys? Like, is that something that you're thinking like, man, there's a lot of this focus on outdoor. Let's see what we, what more we can do and kind of milk out of, you know, what we're doing in outdoor. Yeah, absolutely. I think when we, you have to break it down into a couple different segments. So just kind of focusing on the outdoor TV space first, yeah. um, cause that's obviously the, the, my bread and butter, what I'm most passionate about and kind of putting aside the, the, benefits, if you will, of the pandemic for a minute. I think the outdoor TV space was kind of in need of some exposure, you know, for lack of a better term. You know, Samsung jumped into the swimming pool as well as us. You know, we were the most affordable outdoor TV solution. Um, so people were becoming enlightened to the fact that there was, you know, TVs designed to work, stay outside regardless of the elements. So it kind of was like a little bit of an awakening for folks who were trying to figure out that space. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, it's like, well, what else can we do? How high is up for the outdoor space, which is some of the categories and products that we're starting to tackle for 2022. No, that's all. That's awesome. And talking about those, those TVs specifically, um, you know, people here, they might hear outdoor TV, indoor, you know, they don't hear indoor TV. They just hear TV and then outdoor TV. So what, how would you describe it? You kind of mentioned the, the key word there, which is the elements, right? So yeah. How would you kind of explain the difference between the way an outdoor TV is built as opposed to what's sitting in my living room downstairs? Well, I think that's actually the biggest challenge for outdoor TV manufacturers. And I'll include, you know, Samsung, ourselves, and some of our other counterparts in that space. Um, so in my opinion, that's where we've got the biggest focus we have to engage with the customers on is to let them know that there's actually technology and design uh, built into an outdoor TV that we, we haven't been able to communicate effectively, in my opinion, uh, to the end customer. So they think, okay, well, it's a TV. I can just take my regular TV and put it outside. 
uh, a large part of the population has no idea that a true dedicated outdoor TV exists. They can go and buy something specific for that space to put on their porch, their patio, their deck, whatever, and leave it out year round. So people don't know that. I could walk up and down my street, you know, 30 out of 32 houses have no idea that an outdoor TV exists. Uh, so that's part of the education that we have to kind of focus on going forward. Um, so weatherproofing is, is kind of a, a key factor that people need to understand. The other side of it um, is kind of the brightness. So people think, okay, well, outdoor TV, I'll just take a regular TV, put it outside, doesn't matter. But nobody really thinks about the effects of the sun, right? So as the sun's passing from east to west, you have to compensate for those lighting conditions. So you have to know when you're qualifying a customer whether or not the TV is going to see any direct sunlight over the course of the day. If it's not going to see any direct sunlight, you can go with you know a lower brightness panel, a more affordable TV and put it out there, but still something that's designed for the elements to sit out there year round. So you don't have to wheel it into your garage at the end of the season, that type of thing. So there, I mean, there, I, I've, I've seen, you know, examples where you could take, you know, there's products out there. You could take a TV and wrap it in something and, and outdoor proof it per se, but right. and obviously not the same. Exactly. That's the kind of reaction yeah. that I, I have in my, my because it still doesn't feel completely safe. So, what I mean, how how different construction wise is it from the the type of TV that you would you know typically see indoor? Yeah, so <clears throat> most of the outdoor TVs that you see now are a fully sealed chassis, right? If you take a look at your regular TV that you have, flip it over if you could, and you look at the back, you've got vents across the top of it because that has to radiate the heat away from the panel to keep it cool so it can operate. Well, those are also openings, which would allow moisture, bugs, dirt, dust, debris to get inside the television. So you have to keep that all out. So what you do is you build a completely sealed chassis and then utilize a fan system to monitor the temperature of the TV so you can operate it in extremely warm and extremely cold conditions. So that's a huge factor that most people have no idea that they need to do. Now, is it, you know, you mentioned the patio and being completely, you know, outdoors. I've seen some you know, someone ha might have like an outdoor fireplace or, or fire pit type situation and have a sure. TV over it. Uh, like, is it something that one of these TVs could be left, you know, outside of a patio and be sort of in, in the open kind of like, is that, that a fine application? Like it could withstand snow to, to high heat, yeah. that kind of thing. Exactly right. So when it comes to outdoor TVs or pretty much any outdoor product, they have what they call an IP rating which is ingress protection, how much it will allow from a dirt, dust, debris, as well as moisture level to get inside the unit. So a dedicated outdoor TV is an IP54 or 55 rating. An end user customer has no idea what that means, but the easiest way to explain it to them in language they would understand is think of like a action sports camera, right? Where you can fully submerge it in water, you know, get it wet, get it in all the elements, you go, you know, through the desert, whatever, it doesn't matter. Nothing's getting inside that chassis. The same thing applies to an outdoor TV to be able to keep all of those elements out. So you can take our TVs, leave them out all year round. My boss, who I mentioned earlier, will watch the Super Bowl in January in his backyard in Minnesota when it's 18 degrees out because it's built for the elements. It's designed to work in extreme conditions. Now, I, I question why he's outside in Minnesota in February, but that's, uh, that's another point, but you know, <laughs> you they know? love it. They I love it. They live just, it. That's what they that's, do. That's yeah. Tuesday afternoon to them, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> now, but you mentioned those ratings and I, the, the other thing that kind of comes to mind and I can relate it to is people, consumers might be a little more familiar with it these days because of smartphones, right? You know, I, I think of iPhones and um, you know, Android phones, and you're seeing these IPX 68. I know the two numbers mean something different, right? It's like the right. first number and second number right. means Burrs, something. Dust, 
second number is moisture. Yeah. yeah so the, it's getting a little more into the, I think the normal lexicon, hopefully for consumers, but at, you know, for those that aren't, you know, what kind of advice or, or, you know, tips could you give to a retailer to sort of help them like a nationwide member that has a customer coming in? What's the best way to sort of help educate the consumer on, you know, the differences here? Yeah, I think sometimes when you're dealing with the end user customer, especially in the outdoor TV space, you don't have to necessarily get down all those detailed specs and speeds and feeds. Just let them know that, you know, based on the construction of the unit, and you can take a look at RTVs and knock on the back, the entire thing is a metal chassis. So it's not plastic, it's not flimsy, it's designed to be robust and put in the outdoors. Um, so they can leave it out there year round, it's not going to make a difference. Spring comes around, the pollen hits take your garden hose and wash it off. It's absolutely going to be fine. No, that's, that's odd. And have you ever seen a retailer demo that like taking a hose to one of your TVs? Funny you mentioned that in one of our displays that we use for uh, different trade shows around the country, we call it our rain wall. So we actually have one of our TVs mounted on a fixture and have a drip line that rains on the TV the entire time at the show. Um, Never have any issues. Haven't had one since, but it kind of gives you that, aha moment that it can be put out in the elements year round. So we've had some, uh, some retailers or some members kind of ask about that. It's like, can we get something like that for our space? It's like, but you could try and build it and we'll show you how, but we, <laughs> we don't actually build them for you. Well, so, that, but it, it, it is done. And it's a great example to show a customer of like, oh, wow, I get it to give right. them that aha moment. Right. That, and that to, that's exactly what I was going to say is that it, it kind of, you know, if, if you can re- recreate that, showing that at a trade show or showing that at, at the show like primetime, you know, that that's something where you're giving a retailer an idea of a way, you know, consumers are very visual, right? You can talk to them all day, but they need to see it. They need to experience it. That was so much of what the conversation at primetime was, was the, the shopper experience. And if you can have that kind of display where they're physically seeing a TV get soaked and still work or even having it near a window and putting it in some direct sunlight and what the screen looks mm-hmm. like out in sort of an outdoor setting, it's going to click. So a couple different points. I was just uh, traveling this week and I was in New Jersey at a retailer who has, you know, self-facing windows across the front of their store. That's where their outdoor TV display is to show customers how it works. On the flip side of that, talking about, you know, fancy drip line, you know, rain walls, we are coming out with a new merchandising display that calls out specifically outdoor televisions. It has kind of a look and feel of an outdoor space because we've learned over the past two years that people take the outdoor TVs, doesn't matter if it's our brand or another brand, hang it on the wall, the customer looks at it, it's like, wow, that's a really expensive 55 inch TV. And boy, is that thing thick. I'll take that one for 499 bucks. So the messaging is key. That's what we have to try and get across the line uh, here in 2022. Yeah, I can certainly understand that. And has that been a struggle like have you seen retailers where it's like they have them sort of too close to other tvs and they get kind of muddled together and Mm -hmm. sort of the messages get mixed yeah there's i'm not going to mention names but there's a a retailer that i did training for in all their locations uh out west and they pivoted or uh, put on the end cap pretty high three different outdoor tvs us being right in the middle eye level which was great um but both sides of that other run of the wall were regular tvs There was no signage, no messaging, nothing. So unless you knew the brand, which most people don't know outdoor TV brands, uh, they had no idea that it was an outdoor TV. So I think uh, for manufacturers, us included, we need to find a way to communicate that message both to the end user customer who's walking in the store, as well as the salesperson who's selling on the floor to understand what that TV is. Because they've got, what, 50, 60 TVs in store. It's like, well, I don't really understand what this is. Like the guy put it up on the wall. Okay, great. 
this one's $3,000, but I could sell one here for 1200 bucks and make the customer happy, not knowing that one is dedicated for the outdoors. So you mentioned the understate. Have you noticed a, at least an improvement over the last two years because of the interest in outdoor? Like, has it gotten better at all? You know, sort of the understanding and awareness around the outdoor space, outdoor a entertainment little, space? For, for end user customers, a little bit. So, I mean, when we first launched into the category, there was uh, pretty much only one other major player in the space. And I would tell you probably 90% of the, the population in the U.S. had no idea that an outdoor TV existed. Right. Um, and if there was a customer that said, yeah, I'm looking for an outdoor TV, they were presented one option at an extremely high price point. So those 90% of those customers decided, I'll just take a cheap TV, put it outside. If it dies in a year, I'll just replace it. And I'm still ahead of the game. So that's exactly where Furion kind of came into the game was to say, okay, well, how can we bridge that gap, right? You know, if, if you're, a, you know, a member and you can sell that, you know, five, $6,000 television, great, do it. But for the 80% of the population that says I cannot or will not spend that kind of money on an outdoor TV, let's not let them buy a $499 TV to put it outside. Let's give them a solution in the Fury Online that's between $1,100 and $3,000. Obviously, the TV, just like a living room, right? And I hate that we're talking about the differences between outdoor and and indoor. But, you know, like the living room, the TV is that centerpiece of the entertainment experience. Um, Mm -hmm. Same goes for the outdoor you know, set up what, what other elements kind of have to be thought through and, and what ways are you guys kind of thinking about the, the rest of that outdoor entertainment space? Yeah. Well, I think one of the big things that we still have to kind of communicate um, at the retail level, as well as the, the customer level is qualifying that customer, right? I kind of hinted on it before. It's like, well, what TV do they need for the outdoors? If they're actually looking for a dedicated outdoor TV, and they need to understand the different brightness levels that come across the line. You know, is it going to see any direct sunlight over the course of the day? No, it's not. You can go with a more affordable, less expensive full shade panel. Now, you know, my TV is going to see some direct sunlight as it passes over. Then you probably want to step in, into a, a partial sun television. Or there's the customer that's like, yeah, my TV actually gets a lot of sun. It's kind of out by the pool type of thing. Mm-hmm. Then you want to qualify them as a full sun customer. And all the brightness levels in outdoor TVs are measured in a unit called nits. So a nit is basically just a measurement of luminance. You know, how much light is being sent from that given area at the screen to your eyes. So that's kind of what the outdoor TVs uh, are look at. It's like an indoor TV, basic, you know, regular one off the shelf might be 250 to 300 nit brightness level. Ours start at 400 for a partial sun TV and go up as high as a thousand nits for something that's going to see a lot of direct sunlight where you're going to want to be able to offset that sun, offset those glares from your pool, your stainless steel appliances and whatnot to get that best possible picture. So that's kind of one of the big things that we need, as an industry, we all need to focus on. And Furion's going to tackle that hard, especially with our marketing and messaging we have for 2022. How about quality-wise? Is there any sort of misunderstanding about how picture quality is impacted by being outdoor or anything along those lines from the consumer perspective? Like, do they come in thinking that, oh, it's outdoor, so you know, it's not going to be as good as, as an LED TV on, on my indoor TV setup, anything like that? That's a great question. And I think uh, one, of, uh, one of our outdoor TV counterparts has done a really good job of messaging, you know, what the best could possibly look like. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and ignore it. You know, Samsung, you know, currently is the best outdoor television available in the market, but they're very expensive. Uh, so if somebody's looking for, I want the brightest, I want the best, I want the smartest outdoor TV, that's probably what they're going to go with. But again, there's a large population that's not going to spend $5,000 on a 65-inch TV to put out in their back patio. 
So that's where we want to grab that customer and say, well, we have something that's got 75% of the technology for 60% of the cost to provide them that solution. Um, Technology-wise, outdoor TVs are catching up to indoor TVs. So you think in terms of resolution, right? It was, you know, HD, 1080p, and then it turned into 4K, your 1080p became the most affordable TVs, the you know, disposable ones. In outdoor TVs, it was kind of the same thing. So for a long time, it was just 1080p outdoors, but it was 4K indoors. Then Furion came into the game. Samsung came into the game. We're offering 4K TVs for the outside. Taking technology further, obviously Samsung is a you know a behemoth in the TV space, and they were the first ones to introduce smart into an outdoor TV that hadn't been done before because they make millions of TVs. It's easy for them to do. But for the rest of us, we don't produce enough outdoor televisions or manufacture enough outdoor televisions to get that board set on our TVs. Not anymore. So for this year, all of the Furion outdoor TVs will actually be smart as well. So there is a little bit of lag from a technology standpoint, but we're catching up very rapidly. So people will just need to understand the difference that this is built for the outdoors. This is what I use inside my house. No, it's awesome. And I, I love the idea of that messaging and you know, being our, our retailers, our dealers are on those front lines. So it's kind of obviously under important for them to understand, you know, how that messaging goes or how that messaging should go and, um, you know, help you guys get, get sort of presented out there in the, the best light, but kind of looking yeah. ahead, you, you mentioned a little bit about some of the things that, that you're looking ahead to here in 22 and, you know, without diving into company corporate secrets and espionage and having to off me after the podcast, um, you know, what kind of things can you talk about, about what Furion's doing and, and looking forward <laughs> to over, over the next year or so uh, that, that we can look forward to? So that's always a fun question, right? Let me throw my line in the yeah, water, right? but I'm looking at the other side of the boat and see what I can reel in over here. That's kind of what you're going for. That's the, that's the journalist in me. For, that's yeah, my, I know. My I, I totally through. get it. Totally get it. And I love it. So well, at Furion, we're actually working hard to develop and introduce products that will hopefully establish us as the outdoor entertainment brand. So thinking beyond just outdoor audio video space, uh, what else can we do in the rest of the backyard? What else can we do for those customers that are on the go? You know, be it vacationing or camping or just enjoying the outdoors. So again, Furion was kind of established as the outdoor on the go tech fun company. That's where we want to take things to the next level in the member space, in the retail e-tail space where Furion hasn't played before. Even though we're a you know, 14, 15 year old company, we've only been doing consumer electronics for about four years now. Yeah, so, crazy. Well, awesome, awesome to follow. And I know, you know, obviously lots of great uh, tech that, that showed up at primetime uh, that we're looking forward to seeing kind of moving forward. And I guess the last question I'll, I'll leave you with is, have you been on the yacht? Have you had a chance to be on that? Like, has the yacht been in the water and have you been on it? I, okay, so t- that's two different <laughs> questions, right? So I have been on the yacht. Well, we had it at the Consumer Electronics Show a couple of years ago. I have not been on the yacht on the water, not that far up on the ladder. Um, but it, it was a uh, quite an amazing uh, uh, vehicle that we actually produced to kind of give people some insight into some future technologies that we're working on from the AI space and things of that nature. Um, but uh, yeah, I have not seen that yacht in uh, in some time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, Aaron, I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Great chatting with you and uh, diving a yeah, little absolutely. deeper into the brand. So this was, we'll have to, we'll do this again before another primetime or, or maybe at a primetime. We'll, we'll get in the booth and, and see what else is going on. So we appreciate it. it. We appreciate it. it. And, uh, you know, look, look forward to catching up again soon. Sounds great. Thanks, man. Appreciate the time.
All right. And thanks again to Aaron for taking the time and, you know, sharing all his insights and diving into this outdoor TV segment with us. So a lot of fun to learn about. And um, of course, always fun to chat with a vendor partner and hear more about their background and of course the brand itself. So, uh, but as always, you know, uh, we appreciate you listening to the independent thinking podcast and we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.